Mia Ponsetto is setting people's timelines on fire after a wild interview with Gail King. Joy Behar is not a fan of Meghan McCain, and she made that abundantly clear on The View. And Stephen LeConte joins us to dish out some new advice for the new year with another edition of DM911. It's January 8th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Okay, Zach, <laughs> we, I'm laughing because this is just absolutely ridiculous, but we need to jump right into the story that I know is on my timeline, your timeline, everyone's timeline. So yesterday, Mia Ponsetto was arrested following a brief car chase in Ventura County, California. And you might know her because she's the woman who was caught on camera tackling a 14-year-old black boy in a New York City hotel after falsely accusing him of stealing her phone. And apparently it turns out just hours before she was arrested, she filmed an interview with CBS This Morning's Gail King, and it's truly something else. So to set the scene for you, Ponsetto is sitting outside in a garden, inexplicably wearing a hat that says daddy, and is seated next to her lawyer who is desperately trying to keep her from saying something offensive. As you'll hear, she completely fails. How is one girl accusing a guy about a phone a crime? Where is the context in that? Mia, what is the Mia, deeper, what is the deeper, Mia, what is the deeper Mia, story Mia, it's here? not, it's, it, that's not the problem. You have to at least understand your actions that day. You seem to have attacked this teenager about the phone, and then it turned out he didn't even have your phone. That's the thing. I mean, you're saying, look, I'm 22 years old. You're 22 years old, but you are old enough to know better. So I will say you're 22. I, right, get, I get it. Enough. The hotel enough did have my phone. The hotel did end up having my phone. Okay. So Mia claims that she was like, for accusing him of stealing my phone. No, no, no. She physically attacked Assaulted him, like him. tackled him. Tackled. We have multiple cameras. It's on camera. There are multiple cameras yeah. showing her being tackled. You know, there's many layers to this video that we will not get into today. But something I want to begin with is who goes on TV and disrespects Oprah's best friend, Gail King, like this? Like, she literally puts her hand to the camera as like, enough, enough, Gail. Could you, Casey, have you ever been treated so badly in an interview before that someone's asked to do? They have asked to be on TV. But I don't have whatever, like, 22-year-old girl, as she calls herself, like, privilege that she's she's flaunting around. Like, I feel like in other settings, she's probably like, I'm a strong 22-year-old woman. But when she's on the defensive, she's like, I'm just a 22-year-old girl. And I'm like, no, you, you attacked a 14-year-old boy. That's eight years differences. Eight years differences. It's, yeah, it's very upsetting overall. Whew. All right. I'm glad we got that out because I needed to say that to you, Casey, today. <laughs> we had to do this because... Next up is something else that brings me quite a lot of joy. So we need to talk about this clip from The View that is bringing me so much joy this week. It features Megan McCain on The View again, claiming that Joy Behar missed her while she was on maternity leave. Listen for yourself on how that went over. I'm talking okay, about somebody so much answered, yeah. joy. You Traitors. missed me so much when I was on maternity leave. You missed me so much. You missed fighting with me. Don't I did not. You miss fighting I did with not me. miss you. Okay, <laughs> I, somebody, oh let, somebody answer <laughs> the question. <laughs> that that is complete truth that's not megan's like doing some like oh you miss me kind of bit <laughs> and joy's like no i straight up didn't miss you i i live for joy behar <laughs> i i think what's incredible to me with the view i don't watch very much is how much they all have grown to dislike megan mccain so so much and how it's just open season on her at all times like they're just like no we're not gonna lie to your face we're not into this we don't want you here and of course she's on there because it provides viral moments like this that we 
all get talking about. So it's a function yeah. to the madness. But it's good, you know, like if producers have made it so that Megan McCain is on the show, at least the other hosts can like have their own ability to be like, but we don't like it on air, you know? So it's like, we're not just giving her the space without pushing back. Yep, yep. And that's what I think is is great. with the, what, Why I think The View does actually work on a productive level in America is that it does have, you know, across the political spectrum, hard conversations where people argue and have to kind of deal with the things that are on the table. And that's the whole point of the show. And this is kind of what America's going through. And this is the only like media space that we see these heads budding. Um, but what we're, we're seeing is some accountability, like Megan McCain, you are pulling stunts on the show and Joe Behar is not letting you get away with it as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is a slight tangent. So I don't watch the view, but one of my good friends does. And she like woke up at six 30 in the morning to be a virtual audience member on the view the not. other week. She did. Oh, yeah, oh she did. God. She did this and she wanted to be a part of it. Okay. Okay. I don't know if people know this, but if you go into a live audience, there is usually a comedian there who rallies everyone in the audience to try and like make sure they're having fun while they're waiting hours for the show to be made and like asking them questions, all this stuff. It's a Wrangler, right? They have one virtually on Shut Zoom up. still. <laughs> So you have, you have you have a comedian trying to keep control of 70 women from across the country. And my friend was like, yeah, there's this one woman who like kept unmuting herself and trying to show us Christmas presents she got. That's incredible. I love this. So Casey, I recently I had to do a hit on ABC News Live. And, uh, you know, typically you go in the studio for these things, but we were in a pandemic. So they were like, we're putting you in a green room. I was like, oh my God, green rooms are chic. Whatever. A green room digitally is just a blank screen on Zoom, but you can hear other people. People and Casey, guess who was in my green room? <gasps> Whoopi Goldberg. And we couldn't. <laughs> and I was like so nervous. I'm like, can't she see me? She couldn't see me. But it was like a very <laughs> brief thing. But it, they were like, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg's in the in the green room too. And I was like, oh my god, thank you, Jesus. We love this. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so Zach, we know this. It has been a week. But we have made it finally to Friday. And it's the first week of the new year, the first week of the new show. And, you know, a few um, small things may have happened as well. Who knows? I can't really remember. <laughs> I remember already having some amnesia. <laughs> well, I think today could use a calm, stabilizing voice of reason, which is why we are so happy to be talking with BuzzFeed writer and expert advice giver Stephen Lacanti. If you haven't heard him on the show before, here's the deal. Stephen keeps his DMs open on Twitter and Instagram all the time, so anyone can ask him for help with their problems. Today, Stephen's giving advice to a college student conflicted about whether to break up with her boyfriend, a girlfriend offended by a wedding invite snub, and a young woman who has found out too much about their father's sex life. Welcome back, Stephen. Hey, y'all. Okay, so we're starting off with some in-law drama. Our writer has been dating her boyfriend for two years, and the boyfriend's brother got engaged roughly when they started dating. She thought she was good friends with the brother, but he made a spur-of-the-moment decision to get married in a small ceremony with immediate family only. Our writer did not get an invitation, even though she assumed she was immediate family. Her boyfriend says she shouldn't start drama over this, but she feels super weird and upset about it, especially because she feels so close to the family and even lived with them for a bit. Should she be concerned about this snub? Well, here's the thing. I think it's totally understandable to be upset about this. Weddings are major family events. Of course, you'd want to be included in the wedding of someone who is essentially almost like your brother-in-law. And to exclude you from the event is pretty, like, cutthroat. It's ruthless. But on the other hand, we are in a global pandemic. The stakes are very, very high to keep people safe. 
And some level of cutthroatness and ruthlessness is to be expected. So while I give you full permission to feel your feelings about this, which are reasonable ones to have, I wouldn't try to go too macro with it and assume that it was anything personal. I don't think you should try to ascribe any larger meaning here, like that his family secretly hates you and didn't want you in attendance. Nobody really knows how to operate in this pandemic. Everyone seems to be abiding by their own set of rules. And it's clear from the way you describe this wedding that your boyfriend's family is just ultra cautious about COVID safety. That, at least, is a good thing. Uh, and there are compelling reasons to keep the guest list tiny. Their decision to limit the gathering to just immediate nuclear blood family offers a clear and impersonal boundary, a boundary that enables them to leave dozens of others off the list without being rude. And you might want to consider that if they'd invited you, perhaps that would open up a whole can of worms of other partners, good friends, close family members who might feel like they're also entitled to an invite. Sometimes just establishing like a hard binary black and white line and following it just removes any emotion or sentiment from the decision-making process. And it sounds like that's what your boyfriend's family decided to do here. So at the end of the day, while you are absolutely entitled to be upset about this, I think you just have to chalk it up to another casualty of the pandemic and not hold on to it for too, too long. You know, reading or hearing this and reading this, it just kept making me think about the struggle in a relationship not to make every little thing about you. You know, like, <laughs> it's just like, I know it's really hard, but like you have to remind yourself a lot of days, like this is not about you. This is about your 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 boyfriend's brother and their wedding and their family. And like not, you don't need to make this about you. So do you have any advice on how to tell people like me that do that a lot? <laughs> well, I think the thing, the, the perspective they have to really keep in mind is that like in no way, shape or form would this have been their ideal way to do a wedding. Like they're not getting their way either. No one is. It's a tragedy. And in tragedies, tragic things happen. So I can't tell you anything that's like wave a magic wand and make you not upset about this. I think you just have to like resign yourself to the fact that like you will be upset about this because it's sad. Yeah. I know that I could have a healthy response and I have totally, I have so many healthy ways I could go, but it's Capricorn season and I'm petty. And my okay, first thought it. was like, I have like three separate options. One, 10 years from now, when you're drunk at Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. bring it up and confront them. Two, don't invite them to your wedding. Tea. Three, on your deathbed. <laughs> oh no. Bring it up. So. <laughs> I love that Casey's invested in the long game of petty. She's like, great, you get yeah. this month, I get 10 years. <laughs> Steve, Steven knows, we've talked about this before. Steven and I are both like long game players, oh, like in terms of life. So it's like, I've thought through this plan in these past two minutes that you've been saying healthy things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Maybe take Casey's advice. What do I do? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. When we come back, we're dishing even more advice with Steven. Stay right there. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure in pebbles. 
They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking In, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, Nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. All right, we're back with expert advice giver Stephen Lacanti, and we're going to dive right into this next DM. So this person is a college student who moved back home with her divorced parents during the pandemic. They all have an Apple family sharing app. And this writer accidentally found out her dad, who may or may not be single, has a ton of dating apps. She was fine with that until she found out one of those apps was actually connected to a vibrator. It freaked her out even more when she discovered an entire drawer full of sex toys when she was putting away her father's laundry. She says she understands that her father is in his 50s and is entitled to his own sex life. But this is really bothering her and she can't stop thinking about it. So, Stephen... What advice do you have for the horny dad child situation? (laughs) Okay. Well, nobody likes to think of their parents as sexual beings, right? And you've stumbled upon a trove of information about your dad that would be frankly mortifying and gross for most people. So I don't fault you for being freaked out. By all accounts, you've absolutely seen way too much here. But here's the thing. Your dad is a living, breathing human. I'll assume you're happy about that fact. And one condition of being a living, breathing human is that you will do all the things that living, breathing humans do. And oftentimes, yes, that includes having sex. It's uncomfortable to think about. It's weird. It's awkward. It's way TMI. But it is usually a stipulation of having a parent who is alive and well. And for that much, you should be grateful. And frankly, here's another reason you should be grateful that your dad has sex. If he didn't, you would not exist. Uh, But here's the good news. You do not have to think about this anymore. In fact, you should not think about this anymore. Your dad's sex life should be absolutely off limits to you. And based on everything you write in your DM, there are definitely a few steps you can take to make yourself significantly less aware of how your dad gets off. Um, I know, I'm sorry, Casey, but it is what it is. Uh, This is a matter of drawing better boundaries, right? You're almost 21. So you should absolutely be getting your own Apple computer plans that you don't have to share with your dad. Uh, Likewise, his closets, his drawers, his cell phone, that should all be off limits. Uh, Respect the fact that there will be parts of your dad's life that you'll be better off not knowing, and then create the sort of boundaries that will allow you not to know about them. You know, this yeah. This all reminded me of, of a really gross fact someone told me one day. And they said, Zach, you know, we are all walking versions of our parents' orgasms. And that has <gasps> radically shifted how I think Why about... Why did you say that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's true. It's absolutely true. 
everything you guys are saying is true, but you keep saying it in really weird ways that I don't need to hear. Like, like my parents had sex. That's normal. That's fine. Right. But you keep saying these, these, like uh, you keep saying orgasm and get off. Why are you saying that right now? It is what it is. And it is what it is. And honestly, like, what's the alternative? Like if your parents aren't like eating and shitting and popping their zits and having sex and like, then they're not living. You know what I mean? Just be grateful for having parents who are alive and well and fucking. Pause before we go to the next one. You did you say they're popping zits? That why yeah. is that the floor for me? I gotta need to know. Hum- that. <laughs> Humans are gross. We are disgusting, disgusting creatures. It is what it is. God, Stephen, you are a romantic at heart. Wonderful. All right, I'm moving on. We're not talking about this anymore. <laughs> and finally, we've got a young woman who's graduating from college in a few months. She's not sure what she wants to do yet, but she knows for certain she wants to stay with her boyfriend of two years. But there's a problem. Her best friend thinks they should end the relationship because she's too young to tie herself down to one person before entering the world and having the chance to explore. Our writer says that her best friend has never liked her boyfriend, but she wants to know if making her relationship a priority after graduation is a misstep. Steven, what are your thoughts? No, you're absolutely not too young to make a decision like that. And in fact, I'm going to argue the opposite point that you're way too old at 22 to break up with a boyfriend you love just because your friend told you to. Um, I think there's a really common narrative now that people need to spend their 20s entirely focused on themselves. That's like building their careers, dating around, having wild solo adventures on their own. Um, I'm here to tell you that creating a healthy, respectful, and loving relationship with someone else is much more difficult than any of that stuff and also way more rewarding when it's done right. This is not to say, by the way, that your relationship and your own personal growth are mutually exclusive concepts. They're not at all. In fact, ideally, they go hand in hand. Ideally, you find a partner who helps you be the best version of yourself, who helps you achieve in your career, who helps you have all the wild adventures that you seek on your own, and who you can support by doing the same for them. This is all a long way of saying that deciding to make your relationship a priority right now is absolutely a valid and worthwhile choice. You have a partner that you love deeply, a person that you want to invest your future in. That's really rare. A lot of people never find that. I think you should follow that road wherever it leads you. And that doesn't mean you'll necessarily be with that person forever. You're only 22. You have a lot of life ahead. And that life will inevitably change who you are. But the lessons that you'll learn by being in an adult relationship with someone you love and respect will be invaluable no matter how things turn out. Oh, Stephen, beautiful. And I do think that was the thing that got me when it was like, you still have so much growing to do. And I'm like, no, I'm like, how beautiful and cool would it be to grow with another human being? And if you're able to grow and see that growth wall with someone else, then that means that like, that's a great relationship. Yeah, yeah. You know? my So my little sister, who I was like, the apple of my eye, one of my favorite people on the face of this earth, her and her husband have been together since they were 15 and they're married they've been together for like 14 years now and like i would want this no other way like they grew together so well so i think you're right casey totally totally we're follow your heart people (laughs) okay steven thank you so much for joining us today thanks for having me guys well that's it for today join us monday when we'll be breaking down the best movie plot twist with ali hayes and remember Having the sheer audacity of trying to insult Oprah's best friend? It could never be me. BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bowser, Alan Haberchak, Julia Karen, and Erica Nedini. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mongesh Ticketer, Samantha Hedig, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. 
And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog. Cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.